Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman! Hey, that's three! From Carpath and Finland, Jesse Pogajarvi. He takes the snap, and J.C. Sherrick goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it! Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. Well, that was a tough one, wasn't it? The Eskimos losing on Labor Day again, 45-24, the final damage in favor of the Stampeders, who have now won five in a row, seven of the last eight. On Labor Day, these two teams will do it again on Saturday night at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 for the pregame show. 5 o'clock for the kickoff. The Stampeders jumped out to a uh, 21-point lead, and that turns out to be the final margin. The Eskimos uh, fighting back to make it a little interesting, but man, oh man, Calgary clearly the class of the league. I'm not sure who has a realistic chance to knock them off, though still half the season to go. They were really impressive. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. This is a live edition of Inside Sports. We often have a best-of edition on holidays, but this being uh, following an Eskimos game, we're with you until 9 o'clock. Uh, we're going to catch up with Brent Sake a little bit later on, the organizer of the world's longest baseball game. It wrapped up about six hours ago at Edmonton Ballpark, and uh, well, I guess we will mix a little bit of a best of in. This is by request, because a lot of you really liked this interview when we had him on back on August 12th, so we'll have an encore presentation of uh, my interview with Phil Esposito. It was an interesting one to say the least. But we're going to kick it off tonight with a very special guest making his second appearance, believe it or not, on Inside Sports. <laughs> though uh, though it was a couple of years ago he was first here. The former mayor of Edmonton, Stephen Mandel. Stephen, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Uh, would have been nice to come after a big Eskimo victory, but uh, tried hard. and Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned, uh, tough start. Calgary is just just rolling but you're a pretty big uh, football fanny yeah fa- football is my favorite well basketball is my favorite game because i played that when i was younger but uh, i love football especially the eskimos been a fan for more years than i'd like to like to remember so right um now, were you, are you the type of guy that watches till the very end, or did you start to pay a little less attention when it was twenty-one nothing? What's your hang in there? No, actually, I, I watched it till the half, and then watched the third quarter, and then I got frustrated that a little bit. That, um, but you know, it's you want to see them win, you want to see them do well, and uh, you know, like a, like any fan, you you know, you you live and die by by the team and how well they do, and. Uh, and I've always felt the Eskimos are a great community organization, great community team, community team, and so uh, you always want to see them do well. But uh, next Saturday, we'll see. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I was saying to Dave, I, uh, Calgary's better, but I don't think they're unbeat. I, I just see the Eskimos as an average team. Average teams can beat very good teams, but you have to play a really tight game. You might need a break or two or have Calgary yeah. drop off. Uh, so uh, so we'll see. I mean, Bo Levi Mitchell said on this show last week, I said, who's the most outstanding player in the league? He didn't give the politically correct answer. He said me. <laughs> and he backed it up today. He had a good game. He sure looks like it, doesn't he? Uh, and Messam. I mean, there's somebody called yeah. in to Dave and said, how many true running backs are there in the CFL? Well, there's at least one. I think Messam is a, a yeah. pretty traditional pounded away running back. He had a great game today. Great game today. And, you know, anyway, what are you going to do? We'll worry about next Saturday. This day's gone. Saturday's our next opportunity. Uh, thanks for stopping by, Stephen. Even in studio with former Edmonton Mayor Stephen Mandel. Life's, life's good uh, generally. I mean, you're totally out of the political arena now, right? Well, I'm not totally out of the political arena. I'm out of the, certain parts of the political okay. arena. Out of elected offices. But, uh, and we won't, don't want to get into the political world today. So. Okay, well, no, just an update. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I've got business interests and watching over them and hoping that they still uh, move forward and, uh, and um, you know, taking care of my family and playing with my grandson, which is the true joy of my life. Awesome um, stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to play a little bit of audio here. I, sure. I, it's about a minute long. It's you. I think you'll remember it. Here we go. It is sad to misrepresent that by building this arena, we're not going to build playgrounds or other city infrastructure. For the most part, this is self-funding. And I think what's happened during this process has been every effort to misrepresent what the facts are with this project, how the money's being raised. And maybe it's confusing to the public, but we as a council should understand what those are and not try to misrepresent them. This has been a long and difficult process. And it was also interesting as it had some um, backlash from the public. Some of those people who don't want the city of Edmond do anything for us to stay back in the way we were in 1952. But the fact of the matter is things change. And we need to make sure that we build a city that attracts and retains the younger generation. Those people are going to see this city as a place of tomorrow as well as today, not a place just of yesterday. And so I'm pleased that this is going to pass. We need to move on with it. Um, I could say a lot more, but I'll leave it at that. Um, Much has been said, and I'll just call for the vote. Take the chair back then. Call for the vote. Thank you. Please vote. Display the vote. And that is passed. All right, I'm sure that sounds at least somewhat familiar to you, even if you didn't <laughs> yeah. remember the exact wording. Uh, mm-hmm. May 15th, 2013, I just put in my notes here, final go-ahead. <laughs> final go after many, many theoretical go-aheads. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I, and oh, by the way, I, say, I, I saved all these Edmonton journals, a few of them, mm-hmm. from uh, arena negotiation. There's a picture of you with your head down on your desk, sort of grinding <laughs> it out. And uh, so basically, the some of the big dates I wrote down, October 27th, 2011, there was kind of a first go-ahead for mm-hmm. what is now called Rogers Place. In October 2012, City Council actually ceased negotiating with the Cates Group for a while. That was a pretty significant day. And then by May 15th, 2013, it was back on the rails. And, uh, and now we got the big open house coming up on uh, Saturday. Look, you were mayor for nine years. Um, Whether you like it or not, Stephen, you you did a lot of stuff and were involved a lot of stuff. I I think people are going to remember you for your involvement in this arena more than anything else. Um, Maybe, maybe not. Um, 
you know, I hope that they'll rem- remember us for, remember the council for many of the things we did, um, you know, build a lot of recreation centers, come up with um, great support for community organizations and a multitude of other things. Not as sexy as an arena, not as uh, controversial as an arena, but really uh, um, part of uh, building a great city and uh, and also that we acted as a, as a, for the most part, a team. You know, not everybody agreed with everything, but we moved ahead as a team to, to help build a city and uh, it, uh, it a great opportunistic time and uh, and so I'm very pleased the arena is going is going to open it's a beautiful building it's everything we dreamt about and it's going to uh, help uh, build our city to in a very difficult time so it's been a you know, I think a greater asset uh, than we thought it would be because of its current economic circumstances. Um, in the in that clip I played from 2013, you, you said there's there was a lot of misrepresentation, and you just said in your answer there, you know, we as a council did a lot of things, maybe not as all as controversial as the arena. What made that project one that became? kind of rife with a lot of misinformation, if I can call it that, and, and just so controversial. Why, why did the arena have to be so controversial and other big money projects didn't? You know, I always, I always wondered about that. I remember talking to my chief of staff, Patricia Mazutka, when we started this, I said, this shouldn't be such a big deal. It's a, it's a good project. It's going to help build downtown. You know, we're not going to spend much public money. It's going to be creative. Da, 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 da. But it just came off the rails. I mean, there was a lot of tough negotiations, a lot of publicity, a lot of things uh, then materialized. You had some people who were adamantly against it for whatever reason. I'm not going to be critical of those individuals. And, um, and as a result, it became part of a political football and then it became part of a, a big news uh, news agenda so as a result of that you know it became a much bigger issue than I thought it would ever be um, but at the end of the day um, fortunately we had counselors that stuck with it throughout the process because a no vote at any step along the way would have stopped it for at least a year right because once you have a no vote you can't come back to it it's it's put off the rails for a while so uh, Unfortunately, you know, councillors had the courage to stick with it because it wasn't just me, it was the other councillors, and, uh, and I'm very proud of them that they had the vision to do that. Uh, you know what, I didn't write down the votes. I think most votes uh, at the stages to go ahead were either 10-3 or 11-2. If Does that sound right to you? So most most of council, was, well, I guess it doesn't matter. 7-6 is unanimous, right? 7-6 uh, yeah, is very dangerous. 7-6 <laughs> is Because someone stays home or gets a little sick, you're in trouble. <laughs> um when you you referenced uh, how this is going to help in this uh, economic climate, um, how, how could you expand on that for people listening tonight? Well, the arena itself is a big construction project that uh, um, that employed a tremendous number of people, um, and then uh, the Cates Group have uh, have committed to spending a hundred million dollars when we started the negotiations, and rumors what I hear in the newspaper. And over the media, it's over $2 billion. And so that will help create a lot of jobs in an economic time, which is very difficult. Uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs, a lot of challenges going on out there. So it's wonderful the city has these kind of projects moving ahead that will come to fruition in about three, three and a half years. And hoping the economy will turn around by then. I have my doubts, but uh, I'm not an economist, so don't take my word for it. Um, but uh, so I, I think it's made a big difference to you know, people's attitude towards our city. You know, the excitement. I mean, I don't think anybody could have envisioned that next Saturday that there's 50,000 people that can't wait to go through the arena. 
I mean, that goes without saying shows, you know, that there's either 50,000 people that are, uh, are are very curious, which I'm assuming they are, but also 50,000 people are really excited about to have a new a new venue in the downtown core. Um, when you when you look back on it, and, and you know it was a it was a long process, and I mentioned some of the the bumps in the road, and maybe we'll we'll talk about those a little more specifically. But um, was there ever a part, a point, Stephen, where you thought? Oh my goodness! I don't know if this is going to get done. I don't know if we're going to be able to see eye to eye with 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 Daryl Cates and his group and what they want. Did did you ever feel that that nervous about it? I don't think so. I always felt that there was a deal to be had. Um, you just had to find the right ingredients that would work for um, the Cates group and and the Oilers and the city of Edmonton and its citizens. You know, it's it's when things are real simple, uh, they they tend to be simple. But when they're complicated, like this was, remember, we're signing an arrangement with the uh, the Oilers for 35 years. I think that's what they finally ended up. So everybody has to look at, you know, Susang looking out 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, and that in itself is is very difficult. If it would have been a five-year lease, I'm sure it would have been relatively easy to do because after five years, if it doesn't go well, then goodbye. But we can't spend the kind of money on this kind of a facility and expect to uh, allow people to leave after you know a few years if things don't go as well as everybody expects. Ultimately, what what was your or what is your level of satisfaction with the the deal? And I include everything in that: the location, the the financials, the, you know, the surrounding infrastructure, all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I guess that if I look back upon it today, looking back, um, I don't think it could ever been as as good as it has been. Um, the building is, I, I have, I've seen the inside of it, not totally finished. It's spectacular. Uh, it represents the greatness of the city, which we need to have. Um, we have the Oilers signed here for 35 years, and whatever people want to say, there was a relatively decent chance that if we couldn't come up with a deal, they would relocate. Uh, we have a, a, an iconic building downtown, and we have several more iconic buildings being built uh, that are going to you know, set a standard in Western Canada uh, that we didn't have before. Our downtown is coming alive, and uh, as our economy starts to come back and whatever number of years that's going to be, Edmonton will be incredibly well-poised to, to continue to build as a great, a great Western city and great Canadian city. Uh, I mean, you said there was a, a relatively decent chance they would have relocated without the arena. Um, can you just speak a little bit? Because I, I, you know, I was ta- talk, we've been talking a lot about the arena on this show and Stauffer and other shows. And, you know, Steve and I still get a contingent of people What's wrong with Northlands Coliseum? Why couldn't have it been uh, renovated a little bit more? Why do sure. we have to build a totally new arena? Can you that, answer that's, that? You know, and this is interesting because when I first got elected in my second term, when this started, I wasn't the one that started the discussion on a new arena. Northlands uh, decided they needed to renovate. At the same time, I had uh, had some meetings with the Oilers, and they were looking at building a new facility. This is when the, the ownership group was there, and not the case group, the ownership group was there. And um, they felt that they couldn't function in, uh, in, the, in, 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 in Rexall the way it, uh, way it was um, built. And so they, they came back with a, a Rex, um, Northlands came back with a plan to renovate the facility. And that was about $250 million, which is neither here nor there, but it's a lot of money. But it, what the problem was, was going to go down in seating capacity to about 13,500 seats, which in itself was, you know, a disaster. But then a new owner came in, um, and uh, the new owner wanted to be able to control um, all of the assets, the, the food, the, all the concerts, whatever events were going to be in there. And uh, he wanted his own facility. 
I guess we could have negotiated with Northlands to have them turn the facility over to the Cates Group. Um, that wasn't something that was ever uh, looked at very very closely because there, there was a rel- relatively acrimonious relationship between the two at that point in time. So um, we needed to take a look at uh, other options. And so when the report came in, it wasn't uh, from uh, from uh, um, the group that Northlands hired. We then looked at... Uh, uh, we got Lyle Best to come forward and put a team together, and they looked at uh, different sites and different locations for uh, an arena. And uh, my preference always was downtown because we need to rekindle and, and develop and, and build our downtown. It was vitally important. So uh, that's what ended up happening. And so we ended up having a, a downtown arena. And uh, um, is it expensive? Yes. Is it? Uh, but I think that's the general cost of building those things today. You hear about the states he's building these football fields are a billion and a billion and a half dollars. I mean for. 20 football games. That's a lot of money. So. It is 621. Former Mayor Stephen Mandel is in studio. We are live inside sports on 630 Chet. Uh, Stephen's going to stick around. We're talking a little bit about Rogers Place. Of course, the big open house is coming up on Saturday. We're back after this break. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. I don't know if Stephen picked this music. Uh, not likely. <laughs> Mine's all guitar rock coming back from break, Stephen. Sorry. <laughs> it is inside sports on 6.30. Chad. The Eskimos lose to Calgary uh, 45-24. The other game has been a wild one. Toronto had a big lead. Hamilton has chipped away halfway through the third. Argos leading 30-24. So some uh, points being scored on Labor Day. If uh, nothing else, and this game might stay closer, deeper into it than uh, the Eskimos game with uh, the Eskimos game was. Uh, Stephen Mandel, former mayor of Edmonton, in studio. He's going to be with us till seven o'clock tonight. Thanks again so much for coming in. Can you give a little bit of perspective uh, as going through this whole arena negotiation process and trying to get it done? I mean, was the commissioner of the NHL Gary Bettman? Was he involved? Was he in touch? Was he given advice? Can you can you nail that roll down at all? Gary Bettman, in my opinion, was uh, absolutely essential to the uh, success of our negotiations. Uh, Mr. Bettman deeply wanted to keep a team in Edmonton, but realized the complications of, uh, of the size of our arena, the, the age of our arena, and knowing that we needed some new facility. Um, but uh, he was um, so good to work with. Um, he was fantastic. I, uh, you hear many people talk negatively about Mr. Bettman. I can tell you, in, in Edmontonian, you should be incredibly pleased uh, that he was on our side. And I don't mean that he was not on Daryl's side or not on the Oilers' side, but he wanted to see our city have an opportunity to have a new facility to keep our team here for a long time. Um, you know, the H- NHL signed an, a part of the agreement to keep the team here, too. Like, it's not just the Oilers. It's the NHL or part of the agreement. He was fantastic. Uh, I cannot say enough about him and, and the role he played in making sure this uh, our deal got done. It's interesting the way you, you phrase that because you're saying, you know, he certainly represented uh, Mr. Cates. Mm-hmm. And uh, the commissioner kind of works for the owners if, if he works right. for, for anybody. But he wasn't... Uh, it sounds like he wasn't all guns a-blazing, that it's Daryl's way or the, or the highway. He recognized there were two pretty vital sides to this negotiation. Yeah, he, he, I mean, listen, he represents the owners, but he also represents hockey. And he understands the great tradition and history that Edmonton has for hockey and the Oilers have. And he wanted to give us an opportunity to do, do something here that would be special. And uh, I think his participation and his, uh, his uh, desire to, to um, 
work with all parties uh, was of great help. That doesn't mean that, you know, he wasn't going to be a, a supporter of Daryl, whatever final decision Mr. Cates made. It was his team, his location. He got to do it, you know, and the fact of the matter, that was, that was one of the challenges we faced. But he was very, very important to the deal. More with former Edmonton Mayor Stephen Mandel talking Rogers Place inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. It did uh, not finish well for the Edmonton Eskimos. 45-24 loss to Calgary. Jerome Messam, big game, uh, 110 yards rushing, 49 more receiving. The Eskimos get touchdowns from Walker and Riley and now sit at 5-5 five and five on the season. My name is Reed Wilkins. Good to have you along for the ride tonight. Uh, Morley Scott's going to jump in, break down the Eskimos game a little bit more later on. Brent Sake as well will update us on the world's longest baseball game at uh, Edmonton Ballpark. They went for 72 hours. Mayor Stephen Mandel is uh, in studio. Wasn't a wasn't a great weekend to spend 72 hours straight outside. I mean, it could have been worse, but it could have been warmer. <laughs> well, you know, Brent Sake has done an awful lot. He's done the longest hockey games. Uh, he's been an incredible supporter of, uh, uh, of uh, the Cancer Foundation in Alberta, and he's... Uh, He's a remarkable man, and, and we're lucky to have people like that who are passionate about doing, and then they do. A lot of people are passionate about doing and don't do. Right. He's a guy that does, and so it's, I'm very grateful to him. He didn't ask me to play baseball, but, I mean, I didn't have a uniform, so it was okay. <laughs> uh, Stephen Mandel in studio. Of course, a, a large focus of our conversation is uh, Roger's place. Stephen was uh, mayor through the uh, through negotiations and eventually the, the, the final go-ahead. And all the fun stuff that this city went through, and now Rogers Place, uh, I mean, I drove by it today, uh, it looks great on the outside. I got to be in it on Thursday uh, for for seven members of the Oilers skating with some uh, lucky minor hockey players, so so that was pretty cool. It, it is a spectacular building. Uh, I'm glad you're here, Stephen, because I get to ask you a lot of the questions that I get asked by, by fans mm-hmm. whenever this comes up, and even back four, five, six years ago when the negotiations were going on. Um, Daryl Cates uh, is is a wealthy man. Um, you know, whenever there's a Forbes list, he's he's on it, especially for Canadians. Um, why couldn't have he paid for the entire arena himself and just had a privately owned building, and you know, the city didn't necessarily have to get involved financially? That's a great question. Um, I, I think historically, um, people have said that different arenas have been paid for by owners, like in Ottawa and. If one looks at the Ottawa facility, they had, they went broke, and Rogers Arena in in in, um, uh, in Toronto. I don't know how many times the Blue Jays home they went broke, and the Rogers ended up buying it. Uh, BMO Field in Toronto, uh, I think, was paid dr- predominantly by the federal government. So there has been both. I think the, if you look at Saskatchewan, uh, the new field in Regina, um, Winnipeg, etc. So there's always been some kind of government support. Some don't. I mean, Toronto's a bit special and uh, with uh, where, the, where the Leafs play and the Raptors. Um, but historically, there has been some partnership. 
and there was a partnership with Rexall, and so uh, uh, the assumption was that we would come up with some partnership. And I remember Councillor Sowie passed a motion that we would not raise taxes to cover the cost of the arena, which, to, to my knowledge, we never did. And so we've tried. We came up with, I thought, an incredibly creative way uh, to uh, to pay for it, um, which um, you know does not cost. Uh, um, the Edmonton taxpayers, any increase in taxes. Some dollars have gone towards it, obviously, um, but the fact of the matter is those buildings wouldn't be built or wouldn't be there without this, this arena. So that's, uh, and I was talking about this last week, I mean, that's the, the way I understand the CRL is um, the new development brings in more tax dollars and it stays in that CRL area to help not just... F- pay off the arena but build the sewers and roads yeah. and parks all in that mm-hmm. in that downtown area um so is that is is the crl the crux of why it's it's a good deal for edmonton or, or how would you categorize why it's no it's a, i think it's, it's a good deal it's a variety of parts okay first of all without an arena then mr cates would not have built all those buildings adjacent to it so all that revenue that would have been generated wouldn't be there. And so the CRL generates a, a percentage of the needed dollars. There's a, a, a tax, a ticket tax, which would generate about uh, one quarter of the money needed. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, people forget about things like parking. Um, and so, you know, as I mentioned to you, that after 6 o'clock right now, people don't pay anything for parking downtown or, or very little. Um, but I can tell you, and my assumption will be, is that uh, on hockey nights and concert nights that street parking that the city benefits from uh, instead of getting nothing they'll you know they'll charge x number of dollars or whatever whatever they will not be part of the cost when you go to northlands and you go to a game you pay for parking so I, I think there's a tremendous amount of revenue generated from that the taxes per parking stall underground parking we get about 650 dollars a parking stall in taxes and there's i don't know how many four or five thousand parking stalls going to be built multiply all that out and all those numbers together add up a way in which uh, the debt is being paid for Stephen mandel former edmonton mayor joining us in studio i got a, I got a curious question for you just mm-hmm. my own curiosity sure. was there uh, ever a now still a downtown site but another downtown site that was seriously considered i mean i remember there was that kind of mm-hmm. the the gene dub bomb he dropped the one day where i think he was showing an image of some other building and then mm-hmm. he just included an arena in it i think over by the main police station what, what other spots might have been seriously in the running yeah, here they they looked at a variety of, of, of sites downtown as well as in the suburbs uh, i don't think council had any appetite to put it in the suburbs um, it was going to be a downtown facility on 100 and I think 106th and Jasper. There's a where the Boston Pizza is. There's a whole bunch of land there. They looked at that, which was an option. Um, um, but uh, at the end of the day, this site offered the greatest amount of development possibilities because there was all kinds of empty land. I mean, I can anybody who's been in Edmonton for more than a couple of decades has driven by that site where the arena is right now and seen an empty site for 40 or 50 years. And then the land behind it is empty, the land in front of it was empty, the land beside it was empty. I mean, when Qualico bought the land where the Ebcor building is there, I think they paid next to nothing for all those lands over there. They were worth, nobody wanted them. So um, there was an awful lot of land in the area which could, which could be um, used for development. So it made nothing but sense to put an arena in a place where you could then develop around it, uh, which would add to the potential for, uh, for growth in the center of the city. So there was other sites looked at, but this was the only site that had any uh, great potential. I played that clip of you back in May of 2013 when council 
said we're going. I mean, that was that was the well, there were many the votes, but that was the, that was, <laughs> I guess, votes, the, yeah. the, the yeah. last the, uh-huh. the, the last vote. And, I mean, you referenced in there we can't be a, a city. Uh, I think you referenced you know being stuck in 1952. What 1952? I don't know why you specifically chose that. I have no idea why, but it just came to your head at the time. Um, But but I mean, as as just in in your political life, and especially being mayor, I mean, was that just a a challenge that that people want change unless it's going to cost this much, or once they're confront, they might say they want change, but once they're confronted with the reality of it, it's it's a little maybe this is a better psychology type question, but you know what I mean. You you must have. Well, I, I always found it fascinating. We spent. Two hundred and seventy-five million dollars, or fifty million dollars, on overpass at Twenty-third Avenue. We spent one hundred and twenty-five million dollars in recreation center in Twilliger. Similar amount of recreation center in the Northeast, uh, up in Clareview, one in, in Mill Woods, and one downtown. Um, we've spent uh, seven hundred over, well over a billion dollars, probably a billion five, a billion six, on LRT. Um, you know, uh, we spend $150 million a year on neighborhood renewal. Um, and none of those are downtown. And all the time I was mayor, I kept saying, when are we going to spend some money downtown? The only thing we spent downtown was that we spent some money in the Art Gallery of Alberta. We gave them 25 or $30 million to kick it off. Or we spent money to repair the roof on the, on the, on the LRT going down Jasper Avenue. But we hadn't spent a lot of money downtown. And so, you know, it, it, had been, it had been the forgotten part of the city. And so I'm saying to myself, why is everybody getting so aggravated about spending some money downtown? We're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on the suburbs and, and, and outside of the city center. And it just seemed to me that downtowns define what you are as a city. Nobody goes out to Twilliger and says, wow, I mean, it is a lovely place to live. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful place to live. But that's going to draw me back. You know, people go to downtown Calgary, downtown Vancouver, downtown, you know, Chicago, New York. And our downtown had been neglected for years. And so, you know, building a new uh, museum downtown, a new uh, McEwen University downtown, new Norquist College downtown, um, you know, the... uh, um, the new Alberta, uh, the new Royal Alberta Museum, the Art Gallery, Alberta, all these things, um, all part of, of making a better city to attract and retain people. And the arena is a big part of that. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the area to the south of, of the arena was mostly a parking lot. Uh, I mean, the Greyhound Station was there. The mm-hmm. Staples was there. Those are now gone. Uh, the towers are coming up and what's going to be the plaza for Ice District mm-hmm. and, and there's going to be some other surrounding stuff. Uh, I mean, and we, re- we referenced sort of the CRL and, and the development. It is, and, I, and I know you're not you know, involved with, with, with council anymore and seeing all this stuff, but would, what would you say the development is even exceeding what you thought it might have been at this stage? Oh, yeah. Well, great excessive. And I, you know, Mr. Cates had committed to $100 million and, uh, and everybody's, oh, that's okay, that's okay. I mean, he's building... You know, probably a couple billion dollars of extra uh, buildings there, which are going to generate a lot of revenue because they're all um, um, private. Uh, But also look at the buildings he's building. Like this guy, you know, whatever you want to say, he's made a lot of money and he's a very wealthy person. But he has a vision for for something special. I mean, I remember one of the great arguments we had was over, you know, the 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 um, the oil drop that the, what the arena is supposed to look like was the oil drop across uh, across 104th Avenue. And I thought, geez, that's an awful lot of money for when I used to call it a bridge to specific areas. But I got to give him credit; he had great vision to do that. While I was saying, you've got to watch the cost. We've got to keep people on side. Let's not get people aggravated. And he was absolutely adamant 
about, uh, and he put lots of extra money in to do this. It wasn't that he wasn't putting some money up. Um, but uh, um, he was adamant about that we need to build something beautiful. And even if you look at the city building, it's a gorgeous building. I mean, the lines of it are just absolutely spectacular. And any building he's going to build down there is going to it's going to have the test of time to it, and it's going to be a great addition to our community. I mean, John Day's building is a beautiful new building he built over uh, on uh, Rice Howard Way. I mean, our city's starting to take form and starting to have a, a foundation for the future, which I think is remarkably important because if we're going to retain and keep the younger generation in these very difficult economic times, they have to see a future here. And, uh, and I hope this helps form some of it. You know, not all of it by any means, but some of it. Stephen Mandel joining us in studio here on Inside Sports. One of my favorite headlines. Again, I, I mentioned earlier I, I saved some, uh, some Edmonton journals from this process and I dug them out of my drawer mm-hmm. this afternoon. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, July 18th, 2012, right on the front page. Crap arena, wrong idea, says Mandel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that the, I think the the um, the story there was, uh, uh, you know, maybe we could build an arena for for maybe we could sneak one in for mm-hmm. two hundred or two hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. instead of four fifty. And you but said we, no, we can't cut corners. No, Edmontonians wouldn't like it. I mean, you know, the, my no more crap statement the first year I was in office uh, resonated with Ed- Edmontonians. They're tired. People in this city were tired of, of mundane, ugly buildings that made no statement about what our city was like and the, and the kind of quality that we expect. And I really believe that every building the city built while I was mayor, and I think anything they're doing now, has a sense of quality and design to it that I think you go anywhere in the world, you wouldn't find any nicer buildings. Um, you know, some people have commented they could be nicer. Everything could be nicer. But our recreation centers, our libraries, um, any city building is quite quite phenomenal. All right. It is Inside Sports on 630, Chad. It's 647. We're going to spend a few final minutes here with Stephen Mandel, former mayor of Edmonton. We'll look ahead because uh, Rogers Place is opening right away. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. tuning in tonight. Man, good game in Hamilton. 36-31. Toronto leading one minute into the fourth quarter. Hamilton has the ball around midfield. Your Eskimos losing earlier today. 45-24. They dropped the 5-5. Five and five. The Stampeders are 8-1-1. One and one. Former Mayor Stephen Mandel has been uh, kind enough to join us in studio tonight. Labor Day edition of Inside Sports. Stephen, again, thanks for coming in. Alright, so we're rolling into a, a big week here. Um... And maybe you can't give any of this away yet, but do you hope to be around or or have you been asked to be around for any of the ceremonies surrounding the opening of of Rogers Place? Are we going to see you? I got an invitation to come to uh, the opening on the 8th. Okay. So So you'll show up, shake a few hands? I'll go and shake a few hands and uh, and see the finished product. You know, I mean... uh, um, I hope that other councillors who were there, the councillors of the day who voted for it, will be invited. Those who voted against it probably have no interest and they can stay home. Right. <laughs> we won't name any names. People can look we, that up on the record. Can, they can look it up on the record, yeah. Um, and the same with... I won't go into that one. We'll leave that alone. Okay. <laughs> 
I don't want to get into too much trouble. No, that's the yeah, Sometimes I get people in the trouble on the show. I don't want to no. get you into trouble. Though. No, don't, don't, don't. Uh, are you gonna go to? So I hope you're gonna go to a game or two along the way. I don't have tickets, but I have friends that have tickets, and you know, I, I went through a tour of it, and it's so beautiful. I've thought about buying tickets, and uh, I'm gonna see if there's a small package I can buy and uh, and go to games. It, it, it is such a beautiful, beautiful place. Has, has it, being inside it, and again, uh, I was in there, like I said, on Thursday, so it's starting to look pretty finished. I don't know how far along it was when you I were was there. there. I was there about a month ago. So okay, not, so you yeah. saw some yeah. stuff, but there's still mm-hmm. people working. Yeah. Uh, did, does, does it even exceed your expectations once you were in there? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I'm not an architect, and I knew we wanted a beautiful building, and I understood the ingredients that were going to go into that to make it uh, a, a beautiful building. But, you know, I mean... Uh, when the city and the Cates group and the architect got together and came up with the design and, and the necessary ingredients to make it successful, um, they they did a good job, and it's really something special. Um, you know, it's a, I think someone told me it's a million two hundred thousand square feet, so it's about double it's the massive, size, yeah. double the size of of Northlands or Rexall Place. So um, you know, it's it's a special place. I hope you know many Edmontonians can go see concerts there. They can go to you know for I think a much less price can go to the Oil Kings games. Uh, the bridge across Fourth uh, Avenue is really something to see. Even though I was against it to begin with, it is spectacular. There's a screen in there that uh, be able to you know we can have five thousand people in there watching an Oilers game and when they make the playoffs or in the Stanley Cup Finals or something like that. So it's a special place. Yeah. Well, I, I I think people are going to be, and I, I said a couple times on the show last week, Stephen, there's a part of me, even though I'm in my 40s, that is still the 10-year-old kid from Evansburg that got to drive into Edmonton once or twice a year to go to an Oilers game, and you usually sit pretty high up. So I still see myself as as those fans. You know, they get to go to one, two, three games a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they're right in the top row. Mm-hmm. The experience is going to be so much better for that fan, mm-hmm. I think. Just ease of getting around, ease of getting to a concession, to a washroom. I mean, that, that's a priority. A lot of people yeah. have parking, concessions, yeah. washrooms. Those are often the top three questions right. you get, right? Yeah, there's lots of washrooms. And people question about parking. There's, there's thousands of parking stalls downtown. Plus, there's two lines of LRT, and I hope one of them works okay um, to get there. <laughs> there's so, another There's yeah. another hour you Whole can other stay issue. won't go there. <laughs> Yeah. Don't go there. So I mean, I know the city's trying very hard to get that to to function properly. You know, it's it's a great addition to the city. It's uh, uh, I hope it. Um, you know, I hope that that ten year old kid comes there and his eyes become bright and light and and pretend there's a you know the uh, the Wayne Gretzky's of of the eighties and the kids who are playing for us now they can become maybe they'll become the hockey stars of tomorrow. Edmonton's a great hockey city. Stephen, thanks so much for doing this. Again, I appreciate your time. I'm glad all is well uh, with you. Uh, hope this took your mind off a disappointing afternoon for the Eskimos for a bit. Are you going to? Do you ever go to go to the Eskimos game? Oh yeah, sure. I got season tickets. Oh, so you'll be there Saturday yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm, so I'm there sometimes. Sometimes okay, I, fair enough. You know, I don't get there, but I really uh, big Eskimo fan. I think they're a great team, and and I was pulling last year. Um, I still got when they won the Grey Cup, and was it two o. Uh, they won in 03 and in 05. In 05. So 05. I went, there, I, yeah. went to, I went to Vancouver at 05, and I've still got my hat in the bag from, uh, from uh, the game. Nice. The great compact. Overtime game. That was an exciting one. Yeah, it was a great game. Ooh, it was fantastic. Stephen Mandel, former mayor of Edmonton. Thanks so much, sir. I hope we can keep in touch. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me in.
Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Hey, plenty more to come. We'll talk about the world's longest baseball game, a little more on the Eskimos, and uh, time for you as well. If you want to jump into the next half hour, you can text 630-630, the open line number 780-496-0063. By the way, the uh, Blue Jays uh, losing today 5-3 to the New York Yankees. We're back after the news. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.